Hello, welcome back to Top Track, the podcast where we analyze and scrutinize some of your favorite rock albums, one letter at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andrew Mull. I'm another of your co-hosts, Matt Tessier. And this week, what we're going to do is introduce a new show. This is this is called Top Track Almanac. So what, how this is going to work is we're going to have a new album that we review every other week. And then on the alternate weeks, we'll have a Top Track Almanac where we break down some of the notable events that happened on this day in music history. Nice. How does that how does yeah. that sound uh, to you? Would it be presumptuous to say that this is going to be far less useful than the Farmer's Almanac? I wouldn't say that at all. Okay. okay. I wouldn't say that at all. Well, I like your optimism. Uh, yeah. I think that that uh, when people are looking through the annals, annals, <laughs> they're, they're going to be looking or there. when they're looking through the annals of of, of time, they're going to find this just as useful, yeah. if not more useful. Well, that's the first place they're going to look for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed our episode last week where we broke down Aerosmith Get a Grip. We'll return next week and do uh, Letter B. We won't say which album we're going to do because mm-hmm. that's a surprise. Mm-hmm. But today, we're going to be doing Top Track Almanac, and we're going to be breaking down the notable events from October 16th. Today is Monday, October 16th. So, Matt, we're going to go ahead and, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about... You got, you got a little music there for you, huh? Can That's you hear amazing, that? yeah. Can you hear that? I'm digging that. We're going to go ahead and talk about uh, a few things that happened on October 16th. And I wanted to start off with Credence Clearwater Revival. Okay, I've heard Matt, of them. You heard of them? Yeah. This was a band, not Creed. Not <laughs> Dang, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> is that, who, is that who you were thinking it was? Creed? I thought we were going to talk Scott Stapp tonight. In 1972, Matt, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival, on this day, October 16th, called it quits. John Fogarty was such an easy guy to get along with, from what I understand. <laughs> and he had, and, and and siblings always get along well. They you know? do. His brother and his, was in the band. It's a classic tale. Yeah, they think they were. It's it's funny they were only together about five years. Wow, they achieved a lot in that time. I think they had about seven or eight albums. That was one prolific band. Yeah, they put out probably a couple albums a year, pretty yeah. steadily from '67 yeah. through '72. That sounds about right. And a lot of hits too. Yeah, like you look at an album like Cosmos Factory, yeah. and um, that is just chock a block full of good songwriting, good performances. Willing the Poor Boys is another one that has some has some great songs on it. Um, but I mean, let's let's not pretend that Credence Clearwater Revisited wasn't um, a suitable substitution for Credence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> yeah, did you ever ch- get a chance to check out? Credence Clearwater no, Revisited. because I didn't, I didn't get to hang out in casinos uh, much as a kid. The guy to see was John Fogarty. Oh, no doubt. And, That's uh, like seeing a Credence show. Yeah. Catch him. Yeah. He said in a press release, we don't regard this as breaking up. We look at it as an expansion of our activities. However, the band never reformed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But John Fogarty did and had quite a successful solo career but it took a while it took him about 10 years after the yeah. breakup to and start turning out hits in between there <laughs> yeah With, uh, yeah Saul Zance was it Saul Zance yeah um, if Zance you ever can't dance but it'll take your money <laughs> 
Explain to me in, in legalese how you can plagiarize yourself. Can you sum that up in 30 seconds? Well, I think John Fogarty's legal team had a, had trouble with that one too. Um, <laughs> it confounds me, Andrew. It really does. And it confounded uh, a, an entire world of music listeners at the time. Yeah. Um, but but there was there was one song that sounded like Run Through the Jungle. It did. And it was the Old Man, old man Down, down the, road. the Road. Yeah. Yeah. And so at that time, the record company owned the masters to uh, Run Through the Jungle. Amazing song. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they felt like that was plagiarism of, of some work they owned. Well, you know, if you listen to those two songs back to back, you do hear some similarities. I can't, can't argue with that. Um, it is fascinating, though, that you can... You can you can get sued for sounding like yourself. It's a that crazy seems, world. It, it really is very litigious. That Saul Zanz. <laughs> but John Fogerty made it out. Does he still tour? He doesn't tour anymore, does he? No, I think he does like some YouTube channels with his uh, his musical kids. They're all, yeah. of course, wonderful musicians. And he can't go a minute or two minutes without taking swipes at somebody. He, is that right? Yeah, he loves to take shots at either his band, his uh, bandmates, or his um, record company, Saul Zantz, whoever the whoever it is. He loves to. He doesn't get far into a conversation before he starts coming across a little petty, maybe. Yeah, but he's a genius. I mean, yeah. Have you ever yeah. heard a Tom Fogarty solo album? Uh, another notable event that happened on this day, October sixteenth. This was in nineteen eighty-six. A few years later, uh, Chuck Berry had his 60th birthday bash held three days before his actual birthday and it took place actually in St. Louis. It was a tribute concert uh, that had, uh, it was an all-star cast. It had uh, Keith Richards, Bruce Springsteen, Clapton was there, Etta James, Robert Cray, and the great, great Linda Ronstadt. So Julian Lennon as well. Was Julian Lennon in he that was, too? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Uh, oh, that well, they they made a film. They made a documentary of it. Uh, I think that came out maybe the the, the year after. Yeah, um, that is one of my favorite rock documentaries of all time. Really? I, I just love it so much because I feel like it's a real. It's a very real chronicle of throwing a birthday party for somebody who's very difficult to throw a birthday party for. Yes. Um, he's cantankerous, isn't he? He's very cantankerous. Um, <laughs> You know, there are several uncomfortable scenes in that movie. I, I'm, have you seen this film? Oh, I have. I have. There's one scene that sticks out to me, I, I'll, but I'll, yeah. I don't want to well, steal your it, thunder. It has to be when, you know, he's he's uh, shaming the, the great Keith Richards for uh, <laughs> not doing a, a note bend correctly on... On this song. On what we're listening to. Oh, Carol? Carol, yeah. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, they're just trying to throw this guy a birthday party. And they're just like hanging out, jamming a lot. Everything's going great. And then Keith Richards uh, tries to play this intro, and um, and Chuck's like, "Listen, if we're gonna get it right, let's get it right." And uh, he he continues to harangue Keith Richards until he gets it right. And I don't think he ever quite does. It goes on for like five minutes. Yeah, it's a long scene where it's a very uncomfortable moment, and it kind of feels like it feels a little diva-ish, diva-esque. Yeah. Of 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 uh, Chuck Berry to sort of really call out. I, that's my memory of it. It's been a long time since yeah. I've seen it. I mean, maybe maybe 
Maybe if I were to go back and watch it, I'd, I'd realize that Keith Richards was really embarrassing himself on that one. But I, I seem to remember him doing a pretty passable job Very on passable, it. passable, as <laughs> Keith Richards would on a Chuck Berry song. He wasn't, he wasn't mangling it, if I recall, was he? He I wasn't. Mean, he wasn't. But like as they were running through the song on this one note bend, uh, Chuck Berry would step in at every single instance and do the note bend himself over Keith Richards just because he was he was basically saying I know you're not going to get this right so I'm just going to step in like your dad and take this away from you for a second I do recall that they had, it was kind of like they, the first half of the documentary was like interviews and rehearsals. And then I think the second half might've been the concert itself. Is that, uh, am I remembering I that the right? the songs are kind of interspersed. Okay. Um, there's performances in various places like the club where uh, Chuck Berry got his start. And then there's mm-hmm. uh, a couple of performances in various theaters. I think, like you said, in St. Louis. Oh, so they... So the concert isn't all in one place. It's no, it's, okay, no, it okay. It takes place in different venues, and okay. it kind of follows um, Chuck Berry around uh, as he tours a little bit, which mm-hmm. is also like quite fascinating. The man was very economical in yes. terms of how he toured. He would take a, took a suitcase. Yeah, a suitcase with his toothbrush, um, maybe some underwear. Uh, he would drive his own Cadillac if he could uh, to the um, to the event, and he would pack his guitar in baggage. It's almost like when he was gigging in the 60s, if you want to minimize that overhead, this is the way you do it. Yeah, smart guy. Yeah, smart uh, guy. And so he would roll up and he would uh, task the, the venue um, proprietors with finding a backing band for that night. That's right. And That's uh, right. If, That's if, cool. It was cool. It was a cool way of doing things. Because, and, um, because basically you got to find three guys who can play three chord blues. You're yeah. not looking for somebody who can... You don't need a virtuoso. That's true. Chuck Berry's song structures are all pretty similar. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, amazing, amazing songs. But yeah, there's nothing really... um, Economical songs as well as an economical man, apparently. That's that's accurate to say. And one of my favorite scenes from the film, uh, Bruce Springsteen was actually in a band uh, to back up Chuck Berry for some event back in the early... No, late 70s, maybe. Okay. Uh, Bruce was, you know, Bruce was Bruce at the time, but he sure. wasn't Super Bruce at the time. And, yeah. Uh, he became Super Bruce around, what, born in the USA? Like 84. 84, yeah. 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 Uh, so he, he's a part of this backing band, and Chuck Barry, Barry apparently walks up with a minute to spare um, at, at the start time, and uh, he just plugs in, starts kicking off a song, and, and Bruce is like, Chuck, Chuck, what, what, what songs are we playing? What songs are we playing? And he says... We're playing Chuck Berry songs. God, diva. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that's. But, yeah, but that's awesome though. It's such a great film though. It, it, yeah. it just uh, it gives you a lot of insight into Chuck Berry's world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the documentary. So his birthday bash. It was his 60th birthday, which I hate, I can't believe I'm, I'm making us do math. But if he was turning 60 in October of '86, how old would he be now? Would he be 87? I don't know what I don't know what am I what what am what am I doing? It's I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah, but I think he when did he die? It's it's been about four or five years, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He uh, he came out with a pretty solid album not long ago. Oh really? Within the last five years, so yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. I need. I guess I need to check that out. Um, Yeah, Chuck Berry, great man, great. It was, a, it was an interesting mix of celebrities. So, you know, I don't I don't know how any of them got involved. I guess yeah. Everybody's just a fan of Chuck Berry at, at 
in its es essence, you know? Well, the documentary is called Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll. It came out in 87, and I think you can find it on Amazon and probably anywhere you want to anywhere you want to find it can be found it can be it can be wonderful. found it can be found um album releases there were a couple notable albums that were released on october 16th uh the first one that i thought i'd draw your attention to was this one that's october 16th 1974 this is what are we listening to andrew it's only rock and roll the Rolling Stones. Oh, nice. Rolling Stones. It's only rock and roll. This was their... Have it somewhere. Their 12th, 12th British album, 14th American studio album, was released on October 16th, 1974. So I guess, what is that? 50, 40, 50, 49? No, wait. God, what am I doing? 50... <laughs> <laughs> 49 years ago? 49 years ago. Every show, yeah. I know, 49 years ago. Man, math is so hard. It is hard, especially on the fly. I know, right. People listening. Yeah. I mean, come on, we're winging this. But uh, the, this is not, not one of their... It's a good album. But I wouldn't put this at... I wouldn't put this in my Rolling Stones top five. I'm uh, looking up the track list for this album. Yeah, check it out. Pull it up. It's got a couple on there that you're going to know. You you no doubt know this one. Well, yeah, right no now. doubt, no doubt. And what what number did you say this was? Twelve or fourteen? Twelfth British album, fourteenth American album. Ah, yeah, they probably did the old yeah EMI would, release or yes, exactly. Capital over here it makes mm -hmm. it really hard to figure out British mm -hmm. bands and their discographies, doesn't it? Yeah, the um, the the other big song on it. While you're looking it up, is was ain't too proud to beg. Okay. Which, of course, is a cover of the Temptation song. That was um, the second single okay. off of the album. Um, There's a notable tune on here called Short and Curlies. I don't think I know that one. <laughs> the Rolling Stones 70s output is interesting because their 70s started off with like Sticky Fingers and, of course, Exile on Main Street. Right. And then Goat's Head Soup was a pretty good album. And then this one is okay, and then a couple other ones were okay, and then Some Girls, that's a really good one. That, okay. that one came out in 78. Um, so we've got If You Really Want to Be My Friend, Till the Next Goodbye. Don't know it. If You Can't Rock Me. Don't know it. Fingerprint File. Don't know it. Dance, yeah, I kind of know that one. Dance Little Sister. Don't know it. it. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. I know that one. Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Short and Curlies. Time Waits for No One. And Luxury. I know three of those. Yeah, you'd have to be... Kind of a uh, are we just Stones purist? Are we? Is is this an occasion where we're actually too young to know a certain so. to a certain album? It feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm glad I don't know this I'm, album. I'm, me man. too, man. Me this too. Is great. All right, I uh, I skipped another album that came out on this day. Uh, this one came out in 1970. 1970. This was also released on October 16th, 1970, and this is Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Electric Ladyland. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So a double album. A double album. Yes, you, you're familiar with it. That was a big deal. Yeah. Um, how how well do you know this one? Well, so we got Voodoo Child. Yep. Um, Crosstown Traffic's on this one. Let me see. I don't know. 
I think all along the watchtowers. Yes, on this. all along the watchtowers on it. I don't see Crosstown. Nope, Crosstown traffic is on it. You're correct. And then Voodoo Child, slight return. Slight return. So you got two versions of Voodoo Child right. on this one. Uh, one of them's like 16 minutes or something. Yeah, crazy. yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. Now, Andrew, um, uh, have you ever been shopping uh, for records and and uh, like with your your mom or your dad and one of those album covers is. Uh, somewhat risque or inappropriate that's happened before yeah okay. yeah it the, act, yeah this the, uh the the i want to say the inner gate fold on this one's pretty risque oh re- is it really oh and, wait i'm looking at it now some versions of it oh. have it on the outside holy cow yeah holy cow i'm looking at this now yeah kids don't go look at the inner gate fold right ask your parents before you can do that Wow, like there were certain sc- albums scandalous. that I knew, like, okay, there's no way that my mom's buying that one for me. <laughs> just don't open the just don't don't open the gate there fold. There you go. There you go. Like, who's gonna do that? You don't need to do that. But um, uh, yeah, for me, all along the watchtower was like that's a my great version one. of that song. Like I didn't even know it was a Dylan song until way later. I think Dylan himself actually said that like out of all the songs he did, that's the song that felt the most like like that was the best cover I think you yeah. said anybody ever did of any of his material it's uh, one of the great cover songs in rock and roll history yeah. in my opinion in fact I would I would dare say that you could ask 10 people on the street and 9 people out of 10 who knew the song would say it's a Jimi Hendrix song you might get 1 out of 10 that probably know it's a Dylan wouldn't yeah. you say I mean it's, yeah. it's probably this is like a Jeff Buckley hallelujah situation exactly you're exactly. absolutely right um, but yeah, Electric Ladyland, uh, Jimi Hendrix. So I don't know. Uh, gone too soon. Gone, gone way too. Part of the Twenty Seven Club. That's right. Can you That's name right. five other members of the Twenty Seven Club? I'm, I'm going to put you man. on the spot. This is worse than math. Is Mama Cass <laughs> one of them? No, she was oh. older. Okay. All right. Well, Kurt Cobain. Yes. Jeez, man. Uh, give me some hints. Um, I mean, there's like well, three or four of them. Brian that, Jones, one of them. Brian Jones is one of them. You're right. Okay. You're right. I mean, I, I feel like I could pick any rock star that died young in there, and it's it's crazy. You're, you're, you got a 50-50 shot. Yeah. I think you got a 50-50 shot. Okay. Well, I got three. Do you have the list up right now? I don't have the list up okay. right now, but I, I know a lot of it. You know, it's a uh, Amy Winehouse, I think, is one of them. Oh, that's right. As, yeah. as well. Okay. She's one of the newest uh, right. inductees. Man. Joplin. Janis Joplin's okay. on that list. I believe you're right. Jim Morrison. Is on ah, that list. That's the one I was missing. So yeah, so there's a few, and there's a there's a few. Uh, there's a member of the Grateful Dead, Pigpen, I believe, is a member of the Twenty Seven Club. He's he's like in the, he's on the bench. Like he's not a starter, but yeah. you know, if they need to sub somebody in, they <laughs> they they go to Pigpen. He's he's like the, the the sixth man, huh? Yeah, exactly. Or whatever they call that in what, sports. Whatever this is in a sports show. <laughs> Born on this day, 1947, October 16th. Bob Weir. Hmm. Familiar with Bob the Weir? The other guitarist in The Grateful Dead. Yes, yes, the other guitarist. And now the the guitarist well, in The Grateful Dead for yes, some I guess 30 would, years now. I guess you would call him the guitarist now in The Grateful Dead. Bob yeah. Weir. Yeah. That's uh, my mother-in-law's favorite member of The Grateful Dead. Interesting. Yeah, I, don't, I feel like he's not anybody's favorite. Yeah, well, I mean, this song right here is great. This is a good one. This is One More Saturday Night. This is probably one of his more well-known songs that he would play live okay this is um i don't know what album this is off of um i didn't bring i didn't 
do all my research. But this is, yeah, this is this is probably one of his bigger, okay. bigger tunes. Now this uh, this John Mayer uh, Grateful Dead phenomenon is kind of interesting, isn't it? Is that the Dead and Company? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And John Mayer is kind of the the star of the show. I don't know. I. It's, I don't know. I, I would be a little offended if, if John Mayer was the replacement yeah. for Jerry Garcia. It doesn't seem like a fair... I don't... Uh, and I don't know who the equivalent would be. You know, I, I think that's a band that doesn't know what it wants to be. Like, I think they're trying to get a younger crowd in to Grateful Dead shows, but I don't think they needed to. Yeah, I don't think... You, why would you want... I mean, yeah, you don't need to, and I don't know that John Mayer is the answer. No. Except he's a fantastic guitarist. Yeah. But, um, Something yeah. about him rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what sure, it is. Sure, you're not alone there, Andrew. <laughs> it's not an unpopular opinion. Okay, well, good. I'm glad, glad. Yeah. Listeners, give us your thoughts on <laughs> yeah. uh, John Mayer, wherever you do that sort of thing. 1-800-TOP-TRACK. Uh, <laughs> the helpline is open. It might work. But So, Bob, we were born 1947, so that makes... Oh, my God. What am I doing again with math? Jeez. I don't know. I don't never know what I'm. Learn. I don't know. I'm never gonna learn. Forty-three plus twenty-three is what sixty. Okay. No, forty-three you know, plus. A, no, well, fifty-seven well, plus fifty-seven plus twenty-three. So is he seventy? Oh, at least. No, he's eighty. He's, he's eighty. Yeah. He's eighty. Okay. I mean, it took me a long. I had to go around in circles yeah. before I got there. There's a, a saying in the legal profession. It's don't ask a question you don't know the answer to. I feel like. We're repeatedly doing that with the math questions. I'm bringing a calculator to our next to our next show. Okay, without a doubt, I'm bringing a calculator. Uh, we're gonna need we're gonna need like the one with the the tape roll on it. Yeah. Uh, so one more big birthday. Uh, this one is this one maybe hits a little closer to home for uh, some of us Gen Xers. Uh, Flea uh, turns. Uh, doing it again. Doing it again. I'm doing it again. He Won't turned. Just turn to tell us his age. Uh, he, he his birthday October sixteenth, nineteen sixty two. Okay. So that would make him sixty six fifty one. Fifty one. Sixty one. Right. Damn. Wow. Good job, Matt. Wow. But he's still pretty spry. Yeah. He's kind of like a flea. You know, it's it's one of those situations where the the nickname really stuck. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like a little flea bouncing up and down the stage. He really is. Is that how he got his name? I mean, I was, or was that on his birth certificate? I don't know how Anthony Balzari <laughs> is that his name got his got the nickname Flea. Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it Anthony Balzari? I think it is. Yeah. Wow, you just pulled that out of your started head. started on the trumpet, mind you. Did and, he really? And he's actually, really a decent trumpet player. He's a decent bass player too. Yes, to say the least. <laughs> Was that the understatement of the episode? It could have been. We got to have one of those <laughs> yeah. uh, for each episode. But yeah, man, what a what a singular talent. Yeah, uh, one more one more birthday uh, to acknowledge. I mean, I guess we could celebrate it. I don't know that we're doing a really good job of of, of giving these people a proper happy birthday so far. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Flea! Uh, but uh, uh, Nico. Uh, Nico. Yes, Nico, who of course uh, uh, helped, I guess, kind of co-fronted Velvet Underground, at least for their first record, and then kind of did her own little solo thing and then appeared in a few German films. Yes. They're in the 60s. Nico uh, was born in 1938. Okay. And um, passed away... Maybe like early '80s. She died young. Sounds about right. Yeah. She died young. She died like on a was it a, bat, a bicycle accident? There was wow. something freakish. Hit by a car. That's something. Okay. I don't know. 
Um, I don't know. She was an interesting lady. She was. Um, I never thought she had a great voice, but you know, she had a good stage presence. I guess. Yeah, I think it was the presence. I think, yeah. I think it was just the vibe. You didn't yeah. have to have like a, a great Chanteuse voice uh, to do what she was doing. No, I guess I guess you're right. Um, uh, yeah. She she has a fantastic cover. That band Alphaville, who's known for uh, Forever, Forever Young, Young yes, yeah. she has a cover of their song uh, "Big in Japan." And oh, really? Fantastic. Interesting. So, uh, listeners, on listener land, if you get a chance, go check that out. She covers Alphaville, or Alphaville covers Nico. No, I think she covers Alphaville. Wow. I'm, okay. I'm going to need some fact checking on well, that. Well, there's no such thing as fact checking here at Top Track. We don't do that. <laughs> just, we don't do that. Just roll with it. <laughs> just roll with just it. Whatever happens. Yeah, whatever happens. happens you barely even edit this. If thing. you if you got a problem with it, you leave a comment. Yeah, that's how that's how you settle it here. And this thing is recorded on three fourth inch tape. <laughs> that's and, right. Uh, and it can't be edited nope. without a like. Go find the subreddit page and just rip us. That's <laughs> that's how we that's how we that's how we I'm prefer sp- to be fact checked. Inspired to have a subreddit page <laughs> yeah. on us one day. Hey, you never know. You never it's know. Happen sooner It'll, it, it may. It may. Uh, all right. So those are the born on this day. There's a dead on this day. Mm. And uh, dead on this day uh, was uh, Ron Tutt. He was an American session drummer. He toured with Elvis Presley, Emmylou Harris, Jerry Garcia, Okay. Uh, Neil Diamond, and he died at the ripe old age of 83. So, Ron Tut, are you familiar with uh, the great with the great work of uh, Ron Tut? No, but it sounds like quite the curriculum vitae. <laughs> um, there's no arguing with those bona fides. No, no, those are those are stout. Um, so. so, what era of Elvis would we have been? Uh, okay, he. At? I actually. Uh, did did more than a little half-ass research on this one. Nice. Yeah, he uh, he toured with Elvis up until two months before Elvis passed away. So he okay. basically left left Elvis the summer that Elvis died. So Elvis died in August of '77, and Ron Tut stayed with him until June of '77. So okay. I think he was on his second to the last. He actually, I don't know that now that I'm, I don't know now my facts are out of whack. He may have been on that last tour because Elvis, I don't think, was touring when he died. I think he had finished up before he he passed away. So okay, so yeah. he would have played with the great James Burton. Yeah, I believe so. Sixty-nine to seventy-seven, I would think so. Okay, a notable Louisianian, I might add. Uh, yes, Very proud of that's that right. one. That's right. Yeah, we we hang our hat wherever we can. That's right, and, and gladly hang it on the the head of James Burton. That's man. right. That's right. Well, Ron Tut, uh, hope we hope we gave you a nice eulogy there. <laughs> right, we started talking about your work and then ended on what a great guitarist James Burton is. But but uh, but, but our thoughts are with you and your family. And uh, well, that's uh, that's it, man. That's all I got. So fantastic. that's October sixteenth in the annals of. <laughs> there, <laughs> bring your flashlight. Bring your. Well, I'll tell you what. We will be back next week. And we'll be back with letter B. So like B. like I was saying at the beginning, last week we did letter A, Aerosmith. And next week we'll be back with letter B, October 23rd. And then if you want to hear another Top Track Almanac, we'll be back on October 30th. So we'll be back bringing you some of the notable music events uh, from October 30th in two weeks. Two weeks from today. So uh, we hope you join us. And if you want to follow us on Instagram... We're at Top Track Pod. 
you can email us any thoughts you have at toptrackpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we're on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Snail mail, just write Andrew's house on, a, on an envelope. That's right. Here. That's right. And hopefully uh, we'll have an 800 number you can call right. us. That's you, a new thing as yeah. of today. Well, you can leave us a voicemail. We may even play it. If you leave us a voicemail, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll maybe we'll play. Now we need to work that. Now, yeah, now we need to do that. So, yeah, we hope to see you uh, next week, October twenty third, for a brand new episode. Until then, enjoy your day.